I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, July 27th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. We may step on a few toes along the way, but our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We take on the false narratives and, and apply critical thinking to all that is being heaped upon us. And we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But before we get started, let me remind people that we stream audio of this program live at www.letstalknative.com. We uh, stream video of the uh, of the show live on Facebook Live. We take the audio, we put it up on SoundCloud. And that allows it to uh, be reposted uh, as a podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. We take video of the show and put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and uh, and you know, and don't be afraid to share what we've got going on. Look, we're not a viral sensation by any means. And later on the show, I want to talk about who this program is for. We've talked about it before, and I want to reiterate a few things but um i've got some other uh, other topics i want to address uh coming out of the gate um again i'm host of let's talk native and i'm assisted in studio by jake proud who is managing our video and our sound um so let's get started um i mentioned protests a couple of shows back uh right across the u.s right from uh claimed territories of hawaii to claimed territories of puerto rico and and of course in uh in new york city there were protests now the three main those were the three main protests i talked talked about in new york city the protest was because uh eric garner uh the the murderer of eric garner this uh garner this uh officer pantaleo um Again, was cleared at the federal level. No crime, no criminal charges brought against him. And for me, it goes. It harkened back to a couple of shows ago again that I talked about with the Declaration of Independence when Jefferson was claiming that uh, that King George was uh, performing mock trials to clear people of murder. Well, I don't know how else you describe what's been going on with the with any of these police have been uh, who've killed unarmed especially people of color uh it just uh, they're they're mock trials i mean nobody's ever uh, rarely ever prosecuted and in eric garner's case uh, again the guy was choked to death he was choked allegedly choked over cigarettes which he didn't even have any on but yeah you heard me right he was choked over cigarettes something that a a ticket 
could have been written on. And and instead, uh, Officer Pantaleo and company killed him. And they killed him slow. They didn't, this wasn't a, a pulling of a trigger, you know, um, uh, a quick, you know, uh, a split second decision to, you know, to pull a trigger erroneously. This was choking the life out of a man. And, of course, the William Barr uh, Justice Department uh, decided that uh, they couldn't, um, they, they didn't think they could prove intent. You choke the life out of somebody, and they didn't think they could prove intent. So what was happening, and uh, and this was happening in various places in New York City and other places, um, they were protesting, and they were going to do an 11-day protest uh, condemning uh, you know the these these findings and more specifically what what they were trying to at very least they look they they understood that the likelihood of getting these guys charged Pantaleo and company charged was was unlikely but they at least wanted them fired they want they want them off the force these are people who who were responsible for killing somebody and when I say killing an innocent man Eric Garner was an innocent man. I'm not, I'm not saying the guy never sold cigarettes, but that is not a death sentence. So that's what the protest that was happening in New York, and and I have some. Uh, I'll go back to New York this uh, this coming week, and I'll I'll get a chance to find out a little bit more about how those those are all transpired because you didn't see much on the news. But the other two protests, you you saw a little bit, and and I'm going to talk about some of the strange. Um, happenings with with Mauna Kea now the uh, Mauna Kea is the tallest mountain in Hawaii um, and there is a desire to put a 30 meter telescope on the top of this mountain that is considered sacred by the Kanaka Maoli by the native Hawaiian people and uh, this battle has been going on for years and what's strange is that almost all of a sudden there's momentum all of a sudden so I mean, for, for years, while people have been, and I've talked about it on this show for for many years, I mean, for at least three years, I've talked about it here on this show. I've done shows on it in New York, and and I've talked a lot about a lot of Hawaii issues, including the illegal occupation of Hawaii, the uh, you know the illegal uh, annexation of Hawaii, the whole the whole bit, and this is just more of that. I mean, this is you know breaks it down to one specific site that. The, the non-Hawaiian uh, population is hell-bent on putting this huge telescope on, on top of their mountain. But again, even though this battle's been going on, and there have been people in the trenches on this thing for years, now that it's in the 11th hour, where essentially all the approvals have come from the state level and federal level i mean there there's been the court challenges have all been satisfied as far as you know as you know as far as um the tmt the 30 meter telescope uh, crowd is concerned um they've jumped through all the hoops and they're ready to build and all of a sudden star power signed up jason momoa um dwayne johnson the rock i mean i watched <laughs> some of the interviews on the view my question is, where the hell was everybody for the, all these years? If if this had this kind of coverage two or three years ago, this would have been this would be a moot point by now. So now all of a sudden, I don't. I mean, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she never weighed in on this thing. All of a sudden, now she's running for president, and all now she's weighing. In. Now look, I'm not criticizing these people for taking the, the uh, stand with the people fighting for Mauna Kea. I'm not criticizing them for doing it. I'm. I, my question is, where were you for all these years? 
I mean, there have been people struggling to to raise this issue for for years, and yet now all of a sudden, it, I, you know, I don't I don't know what you know what throws the switch where all of a sudden the major networks can cover. I mean, you, you can go back to like Standing Rock, for instance. The struggle went on for years and years, and all of a sudden, Amy Goodman comes out and takes some pictures of uh, you know dogs biting people, and and now all of a sudden, you know, all the networks covered it. And the problem is, if you only cover it in the eleventh hour, it's a much bigger lift to stop something like this. So, I mean, look, I'm glad The Rock is involved. I'm glad glad uh, Momoa is involved. I'm glad you know the, that the major networks are not just covering it on the news, but on talk shows. I'm 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 glad. Man, I just wish you guys were doing this a couple of years ago. So that's the follow-up. I mean, so while protests have been happening, you know, across um not just uh, Hawaii, but uh a lot of native territories were stepping up. Because again, it's it's kind of an indigenous land issue is uh you know uh, uh issue, right? And uh so that's why I wanted to talk about it a couple of shows ago. But then, I mean, almost since then, now, I mean, look, there's, you know, there's uh, viral tweets that have gone out. There's, you know, there's, you know, Instagram, there's all these, you know, uh, YouTube videos, all this stuff is, is, is out there now. And, and again, I, you know, in a way, I guess what everybody's been protesting for years has kind of come to fruition to, to grab the attention of other people. Um, but man, Taking a stand matters. And taking a stand definitely matters. And it does have an effect. And especially it has a major effect when you can, you know, jump on an issue before it before it has so much momentum you can't stop it. So, I mean, and if you don't believe me that these protests can have effect, let's shift gears to Puerto Rico. So, what happens in Puerto Rico is, you know, a a U.S. territory, you know, um, claimed by the United States anyway after the Spanish-American Wars, um, a another tropical paradise like Hawaii that uh, has been driven into, as far as Puerto Rican people are concerned, driven into financial ruins. I mean, it, it is not something that the Puerto Rican people have had a great deal of say over because there's been money money coming in from. Everybody from like Donald Trump to uh, you know hotels and the tourist in, uh, the tourism industry, the the price for things in in uh, in Puerto Rico are, are high. the the um, uh, the employment levels are low, especially for the indigenous population from uh, from Puerto Rico. So it uh, it, it has been a uh, pro- almost a cautionary to- tale of what not to do. I mean, if you, I mean, it, it is it is colonialism gone bad, gone in some of the worst possible ways. Um, now you you factor in you know the fact that it's in the line of hurricanes, and the, and the last hurricane that went through over two years, almost two years ago now, they the Puerto Rico still hasn't recovered, and of course that's all been on the uh, during the Trump presidency, uh, an absolute failure to adequately provide the people of Puerto Rico uh, the support they needed to recover pales by comparison to anything that any Republican strongholds uh, have gotten in terms of financial assistance from the federal government. But to make matters worse, 
even the the Puerto Rican folks who get in uh, get into politics oftentimes get in there with uh, with a little bit of that stank on them. And so Ricky uh, Rosello or Rosello, depending on how you want to say it, Rosello R O S E L L O Rosello has had a history of corruption, and he's the governor of the of Puerto Rico, uh, as if it were a state, which it's not. But he's the governor, so he's the the chief executive officer of the uh, of the territory of Puerto Rico, and he has been mired in in controversy, and it only got worse when almost a thousand of his um, uh, text messages uh, were exposed by by people who just had enough of this guy, and those text messages included just slamming. You know, I mean, it, they were they were they slammed women they slammed uh, uh um, gay gay people they um he made light of uh, people who died uh in in the wake of hurricane maria he he condemned i mean he, they were just deplorable messages and i'm, I'm not even going to go through go through them but i I've, I've seen some of them and it, it just absolutely deplorable and it's the kind of thing that you know when you when you get busted on something like this, you, you just quit. You, you just resign. You turn in your resignation and and you, and you say, you know, look, I I can no longer uh, serve in the capacity of this job because of uh, the the distraction caused. And look, you you apologize and you don't give one of those apologies where you say, if anything I put out there offended you, I'm sorry. No, you you have to have some real contrition. You've got to say what I did was wrong, and. Uh, and it was insensitive and i have no excuse for you know for that kind of that kind of language or that kind of sentiment to be expressed as a human being let alone as a public servant i mean he should have done all, and he didn't do any of that stuff i mean he gave some some weak you know weak half-hearted uh, apology and the people just came out in by the hundreds of thousands of people in, in puerto rico and they were demanding his resignation he was saying, "No, I'm not going to resign. I, I, I will. I don't plan to run in the next election, but I'm going to serve out my uh, my my term here." Uh, and and of course, within a couple of days, he he finally gets to the point where he says, "I'm going to resign," and he does so in a speech where he prays, where he sings, you know, his own, he toots his own horn about his great accomplishments as the governor, and uh, even though he's resigning in disgrace. I mean, it's it's just, but I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about Puerto Rico in particular is this is a success. Now, look, Puerto Rico is not out of the woods. I mean, just because you know the, the, the governor resigns, that doesn't solve Puerto Rico's problems. It solves a personality problem, but it doesn't solve uh, the the larger problems, the economic you know problems with uh, with Puerto Rico. It doesn't root out all of the corruption that's that's going on um but it's a start and it what it does is it it it's a real feather in the cap of the people who came out and uh and and protested because they accomplished something now the the question is do, do people stay engaged now and, and i mentioned that the, the star power that got involved in Mauna Kea, star power got involved in uh in in puerto rico too some you know ricky martin um uh, who apparently this governor also slammed him in his uh, in his text messages. He l- led the charge. So uh, uh, as far as some of the star power in Puerto Rico, uh, a couple of other 
major uh, recording artists and um and celebrities uh, who are known throughout all of latin america uh stepped up and uh and stood with the people there and 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 i mean they didn't just show up for photo ops they, they stood with the people so i mean it just shows you the power that people really have if they use it properly now in in this situation uh, the success was was easy to um predict at some point because there wasn't a whole lot of people standing up with uh with, with Ricky uh, Rosale which is i mean for anybody who thinks well why don't half a million people or you know a million people show up in Washington and demand Trump's resignation well here's the problem with that Trump still has a solid base of support now why he does is is a good question especially when you consider uh where his support comes from it comes it comes from the evangelical right that you would think would be openly and and squarely condemning you know a guy who's been married three times cheated on all his wives uh, including with porn stars uh, has has a history of uh, of uh, allegations against him everything from uh, from sexual har- harassment to uh, to grown women to to young women his connection with uh with uh epstein um there's i mean the the debacle associated with him uh you know cozying up to russia you know prior to his election there's all kinds of reasons that people should condemn this guy but you know what you can go right across redneck america white supremacy america and he has a solid base of support so as much as i think people need to stand up on issues the idea of trying to take an individual down who you know and i'm not suggesting that that trump is you know has a, a an immense popularity but he has enough popularity that you're not going to take him down with protests but we need to address these issues especially the local issues um at a bigger level we need to step up look you want to stop a, a telescope from uh, from going up on mauna kea then we need to support the people who who are who have you know are the stakeholders there, and if you want to support you know what, what's happening in Puerto Rico, we don't all need to go to Puerto Rico. We don't all need to go to Mauna Kea or go to go to the Big Island of Hawaii. Uh, by all means, it, it'd be great to go, but keep in mind, tourism is one of the problems that plagues you know these these tropical paradises that have been turned into the playground of the rich. So there has to be a sensitivity associated with that. But but there are ways to 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 step up. I mean, one of the posts I put up there, I think it was thirty ways to support, uh, you know, the the, the battle to, to protect Mauna Kea. Look, we have uh, territories that are slated for for oil exploration and, and natural gas, and you know, mineral uh, leases that and oil leases that the, the that this administration has been issuing on places that should be protected. But nobody steps up. And that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. Look, I talked about these protests a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Now, I don't know if if the one in New York is going to have the success that Puerto Rico has and they and they get these these uh murdering cops fired or not. And I don't know if the uptick in and the star power associated with um uh with this Mauna Kea battle against the the 30 meter telescope is going to uh, turn the turn the tide here. I we hope it does. But I'll tell you one. The other thing that I'll say about the Mauna Kea battle is 
there were many people who were fighting against the 30 meter telescope and and fighting to protect their sacred mountain who didn't want to mix issues they didn't want to say well yes i'm fighting to protect mauna kea um but i'm not really that involved in the in the in the kingdom of hawaii fight the the fight to to expose the illegal occupation of Hawaii and the and the the unlawful annexation of Hawaii, the illegal statehood of Hawaii, all of that stuff. Um, people wanted to keep it separate, and and maybe because they didn't necessarily buy into that battle. But one of the things that I saw developing as you know as the clock was ticking on this um, this thirty meter telescope coming to Mauna Kea was all of a sudden you started to see a little bit more. Uh, cooperation between those two issues the 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 land the, the overall land issues and i and frankly i don't know how you don't i don't know how you can't how you separate trying to protect your mountain from a billion dollar enterprise being built on top of it that violates all kinds of building codes and you know and and, and of course all kinds of um uh, traditions and all kinds of other things but i don't know how you separate the exploitation of the mountain from the the overall exploitation going right back to the to the coup that took out the kingdom and took out the queen of uh, of Hawaii in the first place you know th- these these battles are are connected and i think what hurt the battle for mauna kea was that people didn't want to mix those those conversations and and you know i'm, I'm not going to get into naming names but but i used to try to engage a few people to cross, you know, to, to well, tell me, tell me more about the Kuwe petitions, the petitions that you know tens of thousands of Hawaiians signed condemning um, this this coup of, of a bunch of white men who took over Hawaii and claimed it to be no longer a kingdom but a republic and asked for uh, annexation. Uh, you know, but there were too many people who only wanted to focus so so solely on uh, on Mauna Kea. That they didn't want to have the the rest of that conversation, so I think that that's changed. Obviously, the star power. Look, look, listening to people on the, the the View addressing this, not even not even news, but but talk shows talking about it. I, you know, I think that's the way you 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 bring the attention to this thing. And I think there's a, a there are lessons to be learned here. The success in Puerto Rico, again, the the uptick in uh, in notoriety associated with the with those who are fighting for uh um fighting for for Mauna Kea as we're stopping pipelines and and opposing you know whether it's a pipeline in the, you know uh, going into uh you know in New York to, for natural gas or whether it's uh you know any of these uh, you know, northern access pipeline look even as we we continue to to monitor the um Dakota access pipeline and so many of these others we need to be vigilant and we need to um, learn from the success of the protests that have worked. And, and, and the one thing that, that I'll say about the, the Dakota Access Pipeline battle, while it didn't stop the Dakota Access Pipeline, again, a little you know, too little too late to stop it. And, and of course, failure by the Democratic President uh, um, Obama and of course the Republican President Trump. But we need to step up on, on these on these uh, on the fights that we've taken on and uh, and and make sure that we do all that we can do and and we engage it at at, uh, at many different levels 
and pull it and pull in the star power if you can i mean i obviously you know a bunch of uh people showed up you know at, at standing rock um to get their pictures taken you know jesse jackson um there were there were uh, actors and actresses. I mean, um, mu- musicians. Uh, Dave Matthews. I mean, there were there were people who stepped up. But again, if you step up in the eleventh hour, if you step up when when most of the um, the administrative uh, remedies have been exhausted and and the court challenges have been exhausted, all of that stuff. Now it's now you're really just a public sentiment against the you know against a machine. And that's that's oftentimes very very difficult. So I mean, I wanted to mention, especially because you know, seeing that the the governor of Puerto Rico resigned, um, you know, obviously is a huge success for the protesters. We'll, we're still waiting to find out what happens with the police officers in New York. But I, but again, I'm impressed at the amount of media coverage, mainstream media coverage that uh, that Mauna Kea is getting. Uh, especially since I know people have been in those trenches for 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 years on this thing. This has been they've been trying to fight this thing right from the beginning, and and this planned development, putting a thirty meter telescope, and I get it. I understand why they want to put it on Mauna Kea. It's it's a a beautiful view of the sky, but you know what? Let let a, a country like Japan have it they've they've got uh, they've got a, a similar situation with mount fuji and a few other i think another mountain in, in japan that would be at uh, appropriate let let you know peru or somebody down south america who has you know uh, a high mountaintop that they can do this on the people of hawaii don't want it and especially the traditional people of hawaii don't want it the the kanaka maoli look and like with any battle there are plenty of people who have, have sold their soul and there's there are plenty of people who have assimilated into the mainstream uh, way of thinking on, on these things, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit on the on the second half of the show. But um, look, if you are indifferent about an issue, then learn what you can learn, so you are no longer indifferent. So you take the stand. But if if you're just if, if it's if apathy is the problem, if you just don't care, then at very least, if you don't care about a subject, don't get in the way of the folks that do. That's you know uh, that's the bottom line, and that's what I see. Oftentimes, you'll hear somebody within the ranks. I, you know, look, I, I've heard it from you know, on the mascot issue. I've heard people say, "Well, I don't feel that that way. I don't think it's a problem." Well, if you don't think it's a problem, then keep then then you know what? Then then stay out of the stay out of the conversation. If you're not bothered by it, then stay out of the conversation because there are people that are bothered by it. There are people who oppose a 30-meter telescope on Mauna Kea. There are people who don't like a misogynistic, gay-bashing, uh, you know, governor, uh, you know, of, of their of their territory. But but if you're if you if you're okay with the fact that you you know the the hell the president of the United States has no moral character, if you're okay with that, then don't stick up for his moral character. If you know, I mean, it, it's clear that he has none. Then just just remain silent and, and let the people who are really disturbed by it uh, have their have their voice. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about what let's talk native is for, who it's for, and you know it's it's not a complaint. It's not I'm not I'm not crying. Woe is me here, but I want to be clear the for the folks who are listening to this sh- the show. 
catch it live, catch it on podcast, check it on video afterwards. I want to, you know, make I, I want to talk to you because I think it's important that you understand why I do this um, essentially three times a week. All right, this is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. I'll be right back. Aloha, my kako. If you would just take a moment to pause from your busy day and think about the most sacred place that you are connected to, would it be the church or a temple? Say it. Utter its name out loud as I do. There's a place where people go to connect with open toes. I can see it in my road, and I will go to the volcano and bear my soul. Mauna Kea is a Where's the love and respect for the sacred? Don't deface it, you can't replace it. When it comes to all that karma, my Ohana, my Kuleana, Eyo. My temple, my Wakea. Follow the spirits afar And I will have no fear of the bombs I will give myself to the cause of the sacred land For the love of the mountain In our faces, no subliminal And what they doing to that mountain so criminal Destroying acres of sacred mountains So they can look up at the stars that they're counting my Ohana, my Kuleana, won't give up on this great Thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Hey, I want to thank my sponsors, Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, uh, ERW and Eric White. Uh, I want to thank uh, those of you who, uh, from time to time, uh, drop a check in the mail or or uh, run into me and offer some support. Um, of course, I have uh, and and I have another uh, um, sustaining sponsor, I guess, somebody who helps us out uh, on a, on a monthly basis who. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't advertise it, so uh, I'll just I'll just thank them thank them anonymously, so to speak. Um, 
But again, of course, we always use uh, use more support. Uh, we are little by little um, upgrading our our studio here, changing uh, changing our look a little bit. You'll see a little bit more as we as we uh, go down the road here. Um, and uh, and of course, that, that all takes resources. So uh, anybody who's uh, willing to help, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Look, I also want to thank those of you who help by uh, by sharing the show. Um, my wife, in particular, who shares uh, the the Facebook. Uh, live stream um on a bunch of a uh, bunch of group pages and the rest of you i know there's a few individual kathy comes to mind there's a few of you that uh they share the uh the youtube videos they share the podcast and, and i appreciate all of it and of course i also appreciate the engagement not just on the the shows and and the comments that that you offer during the show but um the, but the posts that i put on facebook the, the comments that i offer up on twitter um and i guess that brings me back to i, I who do I do this show for? Now, I mentioned in the opening every week that uh, yeah, I step on a few toes along the way. And I don't do it, I, I don't speak of the issues that I talk about to make enemies. But one of the things that, that is clear is that after 500 years since uh, colonialism started, that uh the effect of uh of white people has has been drastic on uh, on on frankly on the whole world i mean uh, uh, colonialism wasn't just an imperialism wasn't just something that native people experienced here i mean there are countries all over the world whether it's italy and uh you know in in africa or uh great britain in 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 india and pakistan and asia i mean or australia any of these places but you know, certainly the United States uh, had its hand in, uh, in in imperialism, not just as we experienced it from native uh, from a native standpoint, but even going into the Philippines and Guam and Puerto Rico, Hawaii. I mean, uh, the effects the United States has had in on South America has been devastating, devastating. Central America, absolutely devastating. So. But you find that there are people who become complicit in it, and and you look. I am very supportive of of native issues and native people, even native people I don't agree with. And so when I talk about some of the issues that I talk about here, look if, if I'm if I'm condemning if I'm talking about the doctrine of Christian discovery, look I know I I, I there's there's risk I'm going to offend people who are Christians, and. Look, even for my my support of Hawaii, Hawaii is a very you know very strongly you know Christianized uh, culture. Even even the traditional people. I mean, I, and and that's to me some of that stuff that's problematic. I think that, you know, and the reason I bring these things up, the reason I bring up the the effects that Christianity has had on colonizing our people, colony colonizing our minds, but as well as. Enlistment in the armed forces. Look, I know my my father was in the arm uh, was in uh, Canadian military, so I know. I mean, how deep some of this, uh, you know, military enlistment runs with uh, native territories. But the reason I bring it up is because not everybody, and really I bring up all this stuff. Not everybody is a devout is a devout Christian. Not everybody has made up their mind on military service. Not everybody has made up their mind on whether to protest or not protest this issue or that issue. Look, there are native people. There are native people who are who are invested in mineral extraction. 
a lot of native leadership. I mean, uh, I remember Brian Cladisby, president of the uh, National Congress of American Indian, standing up, almost putting the for sale sign out there, saying, you know, um, uh, I, it was it was some large percentage, like twenty percent of of, uh, of the the nation, meaning the United States, energy resources are on native territory, something along those lines. It's like, for, for one thing, why are they, if they're on our territories, why are they the nation's resources? And that's the number, that that's the way he phrased that. And, I mean, so look, there's, there's a lot of native people who support mining. Navajo comes to mind. Uh, there's a, a lot of native people who support mineral extraction, oil, um, uh, oil exploration, or oil um, extraction, all of that stuff. Uh, fracking. And that's problematic for those of us who oppose it because we have people within our own midst. Again, I mentioned the mascot issue. There are, plenty, there are native people who are, you know, they, they want to root for the Washington football team. They want to root for the Chicago hockey team. They don't want to root for the Cleveland uh, baseball team and the Atlanta baseball team. They don't take the same stand that those of us who are in the activist community take. They don't take the same stand. And so they become used as tools against us look you know assimilation is something that we that we all experience i mean i'm speaking in english here i mean uh, so so i'm not going to pretend that i've not been affected i mean but the reason i bring up the 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 reason i talk to you twice a week from here and, and uh and once a week in new york and, and look, they're different audiences, I get it. But the reason I do this show is, it's the same thing I talk about with, with the drug problem, right? I said, look, there are dealers, there are, there, are the, there are users, the addicted, but then there's those people who are right on the precipice, right there on the edge. They haven't taken the leap yet. So for me, doing this show is my opportunity to reach out to those people who are still weighing this stuff, still trying to figure out apply critical thinking to to their identity to their survival look i'm I'm not trying to breed hate and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to cause division in our territories my, my much of that division exists already am i trying to um uh change some people's minds and and get people to to abandon you know you know again their patriotism for the united states abandon their 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 religious beliefs no i'm not really trying to do that i mean if if my conversation does that if the conversation that some of you guys take from this show if that does that that's not a terrible thing as far as i'm concerned look i mean you look at um i'm how much religion has become or how, how much apathy has has gotten into um especially christians and and, and jewish people especially I mean, there are many people whose families for generations were devout devout Christians. And there are many in the, in, uh, in the um, entertainment industry and, um, and, and so many other sectors of um, professional uh, uh, professions. Um, Jewish people have, have they're, not, they're not practicing Jews. They're, they're, they, they're Jewish by ethnicity, but not practicing you know, uh, uh, the faith. So Apathy has has really entered into the picture, but the where some of the where religion is the strongest 
are amongst the most oppressed people. Some of the pe- people who are oppressed because of those religious, because of those very religions that they're now, I mean, uh, look, I, I look at how much black people have been oppressed. And, and yet they'll, they, they there they are, you know, um, you, I mean, they're, they're devoted to their, to their Christian belief systems, even though Christianity was used to enslave them. So I put this stuff out there. So those of you who listen to the show can, can apply your own critical thinking. Now, I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying as the, the absolute un, you know, unchallenged truth. I mean, you need to do your own research. But for those of you who are indifferent, the reason I, I talk about native culture the way I do, I'm saying you don't need to be religious to be uh, to be Haudenosaunee. You don't need to be. You don't have to worship trees, you know, or the gods of uh, of you know of. I mean, some of the stuff that that people take literally in our culture miss the point. And so that's what I'm I'm trying to put out there. I'm trying to tell people, look, there's something very pragmatic and very honest and very um, common sense about many of the Native um, views, um, our ceremonies, our songs, our language. There's a reason we use the words that we use. There's a reason we have the stories. I mean, I talk about, uh, you know, Ed brought it up just last week, and he's brought it up a couple of times since he uh, had uh, come back to do the show. Stirring the ashes. Why do we have that? And if you take the mysticism out of it, if you take the religious connotations that are always associated with being Native, and it's not just by our people. Look, there are a whole lot of non-native people who just love them some Indians, and they and they want to uh, they, they want to find out they want to uh, absorb our spirituality, so they want to appropriate it. They want to mix it with maybe a little Buddhism and Hinduism and you know a little of their Catholic or their or their Christian faith, and they want to create something that can that you know that allows them to say, oh, I, I you know I'm big tent, you know I. Um, uh, I support diversity. No, you support appropriation of uh, of belief systems that you never quite understood to make them fit you. Uh, because if you honestly want to understand our culture, you can't put it in a in a in a little you know mystic box and say, "Oh yes, I I just love your spirituality." I'm trying to make sense of some of this stuff and and help people understand why we do the things we do what our identity is really based on because it's not based on praying to the creator now there are a lot of religions that do that and and again the three religions of abraham in particular islam judaism and christianity is all about god worship that was never our culture. Now, if that's what you've adopted, that's what you've adopted. But there's a whole lot of people who who want to claim to reject Christianity, but embrace so many of those of those principles. And what they do is they change and they alter the meaning of what it is to be to be native. 
and you know, and of course, there uh, there are some who want to claim that that being native is to be is being Christian, and you know, there are you know some out there who want to suggest that the Ganoida, the the peacemaker, was really Jesus Christ. I mean, that's that's how twisted some people have 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 gotten over over reshaping and reimagining and uh, you know our, our culture and i'm saying you don't have to believe that stuff to be umwe umwe you don't have to believe all of this it being native isn't a faith based identity it's a natural identity it's an it's an identity that is based on our relationship with creation not on a relationship with the creator. Now, if that's the way you have to embody creation, is through the personification, I'm not condemning you for that. But just don't lose sight of the of the basics, the relationship issues. I mean, when we, again, on, on the military service, just know a little bit more of the American history. And how and what the military has actually done, and how it's how it's been used to oppress people all over the world, not just our people. I mean, the fact that the mil- the the military massacred our own people should have been reason enough for our people not to say, "No, I'm not going to ever serve in that military." But it but it wasn't. And and whether our people enlisted for acceptance because or or they thought that this this was the key to survival. But if you look at at the the, the more even more modern history, I, I I stand with Muhammad Ali when when he wouldn't when he refused to go to Vietnam. He said, "No, I'm not going to go kill some Viet Cong. They're not my opposers. They're not my oppressors. The people who are trying to send me there are." So. I just want our people to th- think a little bit more about this. I mean, look, there are young people. And there are older people who who have children or or grandchildren who are crossing those they're making taking those steps in life that could impact not only their lives but their identities and and those are those aren't necessarily the same thing because there are a whole lot of people who run around calling themselves native you know some, some people aren't. <laughs> But there's a whole lot of people running around calling themselves, you know, uh, you know, Native American. And, and look, we got you know one of the guys running for president. I, I you know I, I mixed it up with with somebody um, uh, uh, Navajo who was condemning you know um, calling the, the, this immigration problem literally calling them invaders. I mean calling brown people native people who are migrating who are who are moving themselves leaving some of what you know behind territory that they love but really experiencing a migratory pattern that's probably millennia old i mean our our people have been on this continent for 130,000 years not just 30,000 years, 130,000 years. So when I start hearing our own native people, and one, I mean, whether it's, 
the northern border or the southern border of the of the United States, looking at people of color, brown people, I mean people of native people, and calling them the invaders, while they, while they got their arms around border agents, while they're enlisting in the armed forces, while they're you know they're claiming to be good Christians, and yet they're going to call these poor people invaders. I mean, they aren't coming with guns to take something from you. Oh, yeah, they squatted our land. We had to run them off. Wow. See, and and but I'm not going to I'm not going to become consumed with that dialogue with one individual or with somebody running for to be president or or running for Congress or for Senate or whatever. I'm no, I'm I'm not worried about those people because whether they they're successful or not. I mean, look. The reason I weighed in when when Paulette Jordan was running for the governor of uh, of Idaho, look, I I honestly hoped that she was going to win, and 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 in doing so, realized, and it wasn't whether she won or not that we that we lost a probably a, a, a you know a, a solid native person. We lost them to that system, but we had already lost her, and. In the week leading up to to the election day, I mean, again, she was probably advised to do so, but she she cut her hair off, and she dyed it almost blonde. So this is a native person because of the path that she chose was was willing to not just change her identity but change her looks in pursuit of um uh of this other goal. And you know, and look, I'm I'm not even condemning her for that, but I wanted it to point. I wanted to point it out. And look, I had people, some really traditional people around here, and people claim to be traditional. I had people jumping all over me again, stepping on toes. That's how dare you condemn a woman's looks? Look, I didn't condemn them. I just said, look, she looks whiter to me today than she did last week. Why is that? Is it because she's running for the uh, for governor in the seventh whitest state in the United States? And so those pictures of her on horseback with with you know with natural scenery is not necessarily what's going to do the trick for her, you know you know in the final leg of this uh, of this election. Well, yeah, probably somebody probably advised her. Look, we got to we got to reach out to white people here. You got the native vote thing. I mean, to the extent that native people vote, and Native people don't vote much. They don't vote much in their own elections, and they, they sure as hell aren't going to vote much in the American elections, and not that that vote matters anyway, which is another issue that I that I talk about that probably step up, steps on some toes. But again, the reason I do this show is not just, I, I you know, this isn't just about singing to the choir. If you're already like-minded, then, you know, maybe you need a little bit, a bit of validation. I, and I do I do the show also to give talking points. So when we are out there, whether it's standing in line at a movie theater or, or you know at a at a restaurant or at a bus stop and a train you know on an airplane where, wherever we happen to be, and we have the opportunity to ha- to to share a little bit of who we are to somebody who may not may not even notice we were there, or maybe they did. Maybe they they saw us and they said, to them, "Are you native?" And they and they start to ask you that question. I used to travel with Kogoyla Gerdu all the time, you know, art montour for the, and 
people used to, you know, they they thought he was the native most native looking guy on the on the planet. They thought he was a movie star, and people wanted to pose for pictures. People wanted to engage him in conversation. But you know, the thing about art, the thing about Gregorio Laguerre is that he could have a conversation, and it wouldn't just be a superficial yes, I'll pose for a picture, and that and that was it. We need to be articulate, knowledgeable, and like like Ed, Ed Schindler always says, we, we've got to master the art of communication. It used to be our thing. Native people were were noted statesmen. The, the reason the Onondawaga are called senators, or I'm, I'm sorry, are, are called Senecas, <laughs> I don't know, that was a Freudian slip. Well, because Seneca, the younger, he was an orator. He he was um, a Greek philosopher. And, or Roman. I don't know, Roman or Greek. I don't know, one of those guys. (laughs) And, and the the statesmanship of the the Senecas, uh, and a few prominent Senecas, um, had already begun to impress people i mean look and i know the etymology of the word seneca there's a few people say well it comes from a word that sounds uh you know that sounds like the word seneca but the reason it got embraced by the by the outside was because they they made that connection between this 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 very stately people these uh you know these people who were great communicators orators diplomats politicians if you will and they said, yeah, that makes sense to call them Senecas. I mean, that's what we were known for. I mean, it's not just Hayawenta and the Gonoida. It's not just Corn Planter or, you know, or, 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 you know, Joseph Brandt, some of the names that people know. No, people whose names didn't matter because they were speaking for a larger group of people. They were speaking for they 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 carried our all all our voices, and because their voice was articulate, people got to know who we were as a people through those voices. Now we don't have people doing that right now. I mean, look, part of the I mean part of the problem the Senecas have now is they don't have statesmen; they have lawyers. I mean, I, I look at. This battle that the Senecas are, are still engaged in with New York State over revenue sharing. And since this battle's been going on, a fight in New Mexico took place. There's a fight happening in Oklahoma taking place. And we don't have our statesmen. We don't have our own diplomats working side by side with other Native, Native people on this fight. And you know, you know why the governor of Oklahoma is trying to squeeze the Native people in Oklahoma for, for a higher percentage on revenue sharing? You guessed it, because of what the Senecas are paying, and have been paying. Look, one of the worst revenue-sharing agreements across the United States was the one the Senecas had. And they, and the fact that they can't seem to end it, because of, again, because of IGRA, or because of arbitration, or because of politicians... It's because we don't have statesmen. We don't have the people who are out there making the noise. We don't have the people out there educating people. And and part of it is 
we're not even th- th- very articulate in describing what the problem is and why we have we hold this view. Instead, the governor gets to say what he wants to say. Dicer gets to say what he wants to say. Now the governor of Oklahoma gets to say what he wants to say. And we've taken a back seat. So what I do this show for is to try to empower. Maybe it's 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 young people who have not even gotten up you know have, have gotten to this place yet. But I want to empower our people to begin to k- take control of that communication and and our identity. So while the vast majority of people may not necessarily hold the same view that I express on this show, there's some of you that do, and there's some of you that are indifferent. And if you hear it from me and you hear it from others uh, you know, that have a similar voice, then you'll take it places that, that we fail to. That's why we do Let's Talk Native. Thanks for listening. We'll be back here on uh, on Tuesday. Yahweh. Simple song, simple man, a simple thrift store clothes and a simple thing. He's gonna make it someday. He's gonna make it someday. That was a lifetime ago. 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 Lifetime ago Ain't no thief gonna take my gold Ain't no priest gonna save my soul Ain't no thief gonna take my gold Ain't no priest gonna save my soul My soul my poor soul, my soul, and you know me, I'm a believer.